I think there are a couple different types of people. And the author, Elizabeth Gilbert, has this really beautiful metaphor that I love where she says, some people are like woodpeckers. Like they know they want to be a doctor and they just like go straight at it. And then there's other people that are like hummingbirds. And we're, we need to fly around all the flowers and test out all the things. And oh my gosh, I, I think, love that, that metaphor. Think, That's a good one. Hey, 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 welcome back to Just Doing Life with your favorite host, me, Megan Moi, the one and only, the one you're starting your new year off with. Yes, happy new year, everybody. I think it's January 3rd when I'm posting this, which means we are officially in 2023. How on earth 2022 passed us by so dang quickly to all of you that are still in school or signing papers with dates. I just wish you the best as you scratch off 2022 from all of your documents over the next month because I know it's the hardest change is going and starting to write 2023. Um, but with that, it's an exciting, exciting year, everybody. We got new things in store. What they are, I don't know. And honestly, it's funny that I'm saying that we've got new things in store and like building up your hope and anticipation because I feel like everything in this episode is all about just being in the present, just enjoying yourself coming back down to earth and not being so focused on what's to come which is funny because that's all I do you know that um so yeah I just kind of alluded to what this podcast episode is about also Merry Christmas everybody I hope you all had an amazing Christmas weekend um I know it's a little delayed and you, you don't celebrate Christmas but if you do I hope it was fantastic mine was fantastic I had so much fun with my family. We actually played games this year, which we don't typically do. I was a bartender. I made cocktails for everybody. Oh, wait. Time out. I for <laughs> Guys, you know uh, me, Megan. Yes, awkward, weird, whatever. Um, <laughs> I wrote this down because it was just like one of those very cringe-worthy moments where I just had to like... Eh. So, I don't know if anyone else does this, but I, I do this. My family does this where like you'll say something like a phrase and then you'll reverse the words so like you'll be like oh it's the Christmas season and then you'll respond again with the season of Christmas or it's a party weekend week it's the weekend of all parties or like oh my god you're a party pooper you're a pooper of all parties it's kind of like a Yoda thing I don't know maybe it's probably really weird but that's just something that we do anyways I was the bartender for Christmas and I, I make this fantastic mistletoe martini. It's got cranberry juice, vodka, elderflower liquor, and um, simple syrup. I just gave away my secret recipe, so write it down because it's delicious. Um, anyways, I, I get like excited to make this. My grandma asks me about this at every single party if I'm going to make it. Granted, I have made it one other time before. That was last year's Christmas and she's been asking me, kid you not, every single party, why haven't you made the cocktail? So I made it this weekend. Whatever. Getting ready prepping the ingredients um right before everyone's coming over and I like walk downstairs and mind you again Yoda's talk <laughs> I was like I'm ready to make some cocktails the tale of all cocks <laughs> guys <laughs> my father was sitting in the kitchen and like didn't say anything I know he heard but he played dumb and instead of just like I, I don't even it was just so crickets okay that's that's all I know to say is crickets um why did I say that? I don't, the tale of all cocks. I don't, <laughs> okay, anyways, let's, let's get to the good stuff. What is this episode about? We have Sophie on the line today, on the line, on the line today, and 
it as always a fantastic episode sophie is a love coach and i never even heard this term before actually i think her full description is she's a sex love and relationship coach and what that means I mean, I'm not going to tell you because you'll find out in the episode if you listen, which you should. Um, But it's just, it's her journey to get to this place is very interesting. And I think if you're someone who likes to reflect, oh, Django, sorry, someone's coming in the house. My pup. Um, Anyways, goodness gracious, just give me a second. Okay, I apologize about that. I don't know if you're going to be able to hear the background noise. Anyways, um, I think I was saying that really the gist of of this episode. It's going to be great for people who are into reflection or meditation. Maybe don't know where to begin, but the words of wisdom that Sophie shares in this episode, I think, are so powerful. And I say that multiple times in the episode, which kind of disgusts me because I hate when I say so. Oh, they're so powerful. But no, truly, like she just shares so many great messages. And even the way she talks just makes me think like I need to slow down and I I just appreciated everything she had to share you know we talked quite we talked about a lot we talked about spiritual awakenings we talked about her identity and you know what it really means to identify as a person we talked about um, how she got into her career you know through health she was a was working with a health coach and then that kind of inspired her to want to be a coach herself um she had like several years of her life revolve around something that came up from a random interaction which you guys know I love I eat that shiz up when it's just this random occurrence that makes you start a whole new trajectory of your life and and she shares a story that really is why she's doing what she is today which I thought was so great um she also mentioned something, I'm, I'm giving all this ahead of time because I'm not going to do an outro today, but she mentioned something on how we focus too much on what we want to be and not who we want to be. And I thought this was fantastic. I even journaled about it that night because I was like, oh my God, I love what she said there. Really just focusing on who you want your person to be and what you want to feel in your future as opposed to what you want that future to look like, which you all know, if you've been a, a loyal follower, is that something is that I struggle with all the time because I'm constantly thinking about the future. So she really encourages you to just take a breath and just be present and focus on who you are as a person. Um, so yeah, all that's great. We also even talked about uh, wilderness therapy, which was a hot button topic a couple months ago. And she shares her thoughts on, on that whole... Um, therapy program or rehabilitation program, which was great. So yes, we have lots in store. Um... Also, something funny about Sophie. So when we were talking, I could not put my finger on it, but I was like, she looks so dang familiar. And I couldn't think about why. And I realized, you guys know I love my TikTok. Obviously, I found Sophie on TikTok. And there's this girl on there called Victoria Paris. I don't really know much about her. I just, she has popped up on my feed before. And like, I know she's an influencer or whatever. And this, and Sophie looks like a a distant relative. So I'm just going to say that if you follow her Instagram or anything, tell me what you think, because I definitely think they're related or something. Maybe, maybe they're not, I don't know. Um, but yes. Alrighty. So now that you know a little bit about what this episode is going to be, um, I hope you enjoy again, no outro. So I'll tag everything of Sophie's in the comments or in the bio of this episode. Um, I hope you enjoy. Please hit that little follow and like button. If you could send this to a friend, um, all that good stuff. It's 2023. So we're going to get to a million followers this year. All right. Okay. Let's get to, let's get to the actual good stuff here, Sophie. I was honored, honestly, <laughs> done that many podcasts. So uh-huh. it's a great experience for both of us. Well, I'm so excited because I, so after I messaged you and everything, so 
just a little backstory. The way I found your account was your story about you living in Berlin for six months popped up on my TikTok. And I love those stories. Like it just, it makes me so excited seeing like people doing these very adventurous things. I think I'm a little jealous, honestly. And so then I was like looking through your, your TikTok after I messaged you and you just have so many words of like every single video I watch I was like oh my gosh she knows what she's talking about like how did you get to this I just so my mind started racing with questions and I was so excited to get to get the chance to speak with you today so um like I said I'm gonna give you the floor we're gonna talk about you know who you are where you're from some hobbies and then we'll dive right into you know the career aspect of what you started off thinking you wanted to do with your life and kind of where you're at now oh the who am I question (laughs) uh my name is Sophie Burns I currently live in Los Angeles, um, but I've been nomadic for many years. Um, And I'm the kind of person who, when I was a teenager, when I was a kid, but especially when I was a teenager, I just had the kind of spirit that I wanted to adventure. And I wanted to know what the capacity for human potential really was. So I was consistently like, throwing myself into experiences that were expansive and um, yeah, I did all kinds of crazy adventures at a young age and like started a catering company when I was in high school to fund all my adventures. And I just like have always been kind of high energy. um, Yeah. Just really like going (laughs) for things. And when I was in college, some things kind of shifted and the focus of that for me became very spiritual. I had a couple experiences um, that were like little baby steps of spiritual awakenings and that whole narrative around human potential transitioned from being about like, what can I do and what can I achieve to like states of consciousness and, and existential questionings and things like that. And so I, really devoted myself to the spiritual path for the last seven years. And that's been like the core of my life. And I had a couple pretty serious car accidents in a row. And each of those was like these wake up calls that life is so precious and it's so impermanent. And I had been putting spirituality like kind of on the back burner And when I had a couple of those wake up calls, it was like, I needed to reorganize my entire life to really honor my connection to source, spirit, whatever the great mystery is. Mm -hmm. Um, And that guided my life and my work into what I do now, because I, you know, they always say like, we're all one, it's all love, like these kinds of fluffy, but also very true Um, statements about reality and I know that my truth is to be love in love with love and to awaken love in others Um, because we are we have a lot of conditioning and a lot of things that put up borders within us to our full expression of love and so I was like oh there's actually a career path in this it's called being a love coach And so I've been, I've been um, learning from one of the most incredible women in the industry. Her name's Layla Martin and uh, her program has given me the tools and like the grounding that I didn't have before to actually just be love and 
get paid for it <laughs> and, <laughs> and help other people really like awaken that quality in themselves as well. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit about who I am and what I do. No, this is amazing. amazing. Yes. This is, okay. this is so exciting. I'm going to have so many questions. So now <laughs> I want to dive now that that was like such a good summary of where you're at. And now I want to dive more into those, like the specifics. I'd love to speak about like the spiritual awakenings that you, you had and how, you know, those events kind of transformed where your life is now. Um, but let's start with that high school piece. Cause I think mm-hmm. this is where some people I've, I've spoken with some people who start off high school and they are dead set on the path that they're going to take. And somehow God bless them, but they, they end up on that exact path and it works out very well. Whereas other people, you know, start off having these aspirations, these goals, they think they know what they want. And then within four years, all of a sudden their life is the complete opposite of what they anticipated. Um, so with that, I would love to hear, you said that you're like a traveling, like love to just like experience. Mm-hmm. And that started in high school. What at that point, were you like dead set on, I'm going to find a career that allows me to have this lifestyle? Or were you thinking something else career-wise? I think if you really talked to me back then, or even me, like in the early years of college, I, I really didn't know what I wanted, but I was always interested in things like, like working in nonprofits or photojournalism or just something that was like really wholesome and good for the world, but also had like some kind of adventurous or entrepreneurial spirit to it. But when I was in high school, I think there are a couple different types of people. And the author, Elizabeth Gilbert, has this really beautiful metaphor that I love, where she says, some people are like woodpeckers. Like they know they want to be a doctor and they just like go straight at it. And then there's other people that are like hummingbirds. And we're, we need to fly around all the flowers and test out all the things. And oh my gosh, I I love that, that metaphor. That's a good one. I think really it's it's greater than that because there's a lots of birds and lots of biodiversity in the reality of how we show up <laughs> as humans. And so, but there's no right way to be a human and there's no right way to like figure out what works for you. But I think for people that, I don't know, don't know exactly, don't have that like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor kind of like deep inner knowing the sitting in the wonder and the curiosity and the dabbling is so full of life and when we take the pressure off of I need to figure it out right now and actually just enjoy trying on things that light you up um that that's really a lot of how I found my way like Mm -hmm. I've tried a lot of different things I took a lot of different types of classes and majors I transferred colleges like I I was not afraid to try things and fail and reroute because Mm -hmm. to me those aren't failures um this is a little bit of a tangent of what you asked, but um, yeah, the core of it was in high school, I didn't know, but I wasn't worried about not knowing because I was just excited for the adventure of finding my way career So I'm, I'm curious. I think that's very uh, mature for a high schooler to just like be comfortable with, with that. At least, at least the people that I've known growing up, a lot of people felt like they had to have, you know, it all figured out. I myself, one of those. And I'm curious, did you, your family and like your support system around you, family, friends, were they all within this mindset of, you know, just figure it out, like life will work its way out? Or did you feel any pressure from external sources saying like, you're kind of crazy, like, sure, think that you can figure it out on your own, but you should have a plan. No, I was supported. Um, even when I was in high school, my senior year of high school, I wanted to take a gap year at the time. I wanted, because I had, I like I said, I'd been always going on these big adventurous 
like backpacking and riding my bike around the world and doing like big, crazy, crunchy adventures. And so when I graduated from high school, I wanted to spend a whole year doing that. And I had like planned, I mapped out this whole route of where I was going to go. I wanted to ride my bike from Casablanca to Dublin or something. Like I had, oh this, my like, gosh. <laughs> I had this like crazy plan and I was supported. Like my family was like, as long as you're safe, but that sounds badass, like go for it. And then I got into college and I started getting excited about like college stuff. And I just like let that dream kind of fall away. But I remember even during that time, all through high school, all through college, like my, my support system has always said, do what you love and the money will follow. And if the money doesn't follow, at least you're doing what you love. Mm-hmm. And I think there's other ways of saying that, but that's the way that I remember it said at my dinner table when I was growing yeah. up. And so there's never really been any external pressure from my environment. I've put the pressure on myself. Um, and a lot of times, actually, my my support system has had to come in to remove my my inner pressure because I got so hard on myself about things. And my my parents were like, yeah, you can transfer. You can quit that job. You can like you're. Oh, I love that. Life. Gosh, um, <laughs> your parents want to adopt me because I sometimes need that. <laughs> Um, okay. So, so you've got this great support system. You're in college. I know you said you bounced around a little bit there, but when you first went off to school, what were you, what were your intentions? Were you studying everything and anything, or did you have like a major picked out? My intention probably was to work hard, play hard. Um, and I went to a school that was really built for that. And then I immediately was like, yeah, this ain't it. Um, which is why I transferred. I took some time off when I transferred as well. Um, but my intention, I still didn't know. I don't think I even had an idea of what I wanted to do when, when I was like a sophomore, maybe even a junior in college. Like I took my time figuring it out. Um, but like, I just want to say, I think maybe what we're talking about is also built a little bit on a fallacy because we are not supposed to, even let's say you go to college because you know you want to be a, I don't know what. What's a job that people do? <laughs> that's not a lawyer. <laughs> a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. Let's say, well, that's maybe different because you actually have to go to like a law school for that. But even in whatever it is, like whatever you pick is like the goal. Once you get there, like you could go from being a lawyer to being like a ski instructor. Like there's no rules. There's literally no rules and life changes so much. And so I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves by thinking there's like, a thing to be and there's a direct path there and there's a destination and I think right. that's I think that's completely false mm-hmm. like I would no, I would totally agree <laughs> with that I do I do definitely think like I think that's why I started this is because I wanted to share that life takes us in these really weird paths and you know one day you could be working a desk job and then you go to a bar that night and you meet someone who offers you a job being their personal assistant. Like it, it is unbelievable the ways that you can change that trajectory. But I still think that there is typically some sort of destination that people are trying to reach, whether it's, you know, 10 years down the road or, you know, what my next step is. I think it's absolutely great going with the flow and just kind of taking what life throws at you. But I do think that at every point in someone's life, there's, there is some sort of thing that you're kind of like, okay, you know, that would be cool if I could get the opportunity that it might not come. But that's why I think like this college piece, you might not have a, a clue in the world on what, you know, the dream goal is or whatever that may be. But there is some sort of like stepping stone that you're working through to get to that next point. Yeah. Okay. So, so college was a very experimental time for you. 
what was your first path right outside of college? And at that time of college, were you still, you know, doing your adventure side, traveling, you know, seeing to that exploration side of, of your character? I was. Um, I still always traveled in the summers. I was like an au pair one summer. So I got, you know, paid to live in Italy and France and things like that. And I did a bunch of, of fun summer things. And then I also got pretty into festivals, like these kind of California in the middle of the desert, like hippie gatherings. <laughs> um, and that was, yes, yeah, so that was a one way that I got my like adventure kick in. But um, in terms of my first path out of college, I actually made a, a TikTok about this the other day because I wanted to, a little bit follow up on a lot of the comments I was getting about the Berlin story where people were like, who just has six months to go to a place? Like, what's going on? Like, what is your life? And so I, I tried to share the story that when I was a senior in college, it was my winter break and I was walking down the street and like a, a street fundraiser with an iPad and like a badge, you know, working for a charity stopped me and asked me if I wanted to help refugees. And I like had the whole spiel with him. And I, I basically said, hey, I'm not going to give you money, but I'd love to come and work for you because I'm sure that I could help you fundraise. And it just seemed like a great thing to do for that month that I had, you know, off from school. So I came in the next week and I crushed it. Like I was built for that kind of job, like just standing out in the middle of the street, getting people to talk to you and like having passionate conversations about what they care about and like helping them donate to, you know, actually do something about it. And so I honestly just kind of got hooked on that, that line of work. And I, which was funny because by the time I was a senior in college and I wrote a pretty comprehensive thesis and I was very clear about what I wanted to, to do by the end, which was I wanted to go into wilderness therapy and education, like outward bound and working mm -hmm. in these kinds of um, settings where you take people out into the wilderness and you build character and grit and resilience and those kinds of things. Like that was the field I wanted to go in. But then I started fundraising for this nonprofit and I loved it and I was so good at it and I got to be outside all day and network and all these wonderful things. So I basically did that part-time through the rest of my senior year of college. And then when I graduated, I moved back to my parents' home and I just kept working this job and just saving money. And okay. I and I was I was really good at the job. So I made a good amount of money um doing that. And then I had like an idea in my mind of how much money I wanted to have to go travel. And when I hit that number, I was like, I'm out of here. Peace. <laughs> I booked my first one-way flight and I left, I was gone for, for like eight months or something like that, came back and then I did raise up more money and then I went again. Very and, cool. And somewhere in there, COVID happened and life changed and whatever. But I, mm -hmm. I spent like kind of two years out of college working and traveling. Very cool. So when you were, when you saved up your money then and you traveled, were you strictly traveling or were you also working part-time jobs while you were gone and abroad? I was traveling. That's amazing. Traveling. Yeah. That's amazing. Did you feel and, and any stress? Like, like, I think a lot of people that scares them, just the thought of I'm strictly, you know, doing life off of savings rather than having like a constant influx of money or like a flow coming in. Did that yeah. freak you out at all? Or like, how did you handle the potential stress of, of that? I learned, well, first of all, I'm very, I'm very scrappy and very frugal. Like I have a way that I, I can eat, I don't know, like carrots and rice for dinner and think it's like a glamorous <laughs> meal. And, you know, I can 
buy my stuff at thrift store and still make it fashionable and fun. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I don't need, you know, all the things in that way. But when I was traveling, I learned how expensive real life is in the States, like rent and food and bills and cars and all that kind of stuff is way more expensive than a flight, a backpack, a tent, making friends, sleeping on couches, staying in hostels, cooking meals with strangers in their countries and having like these cultural, beautiful experiences. And like, I saved money traveling. <laughs> like that's the, that's the crazy it's part. It's so interesting you're bringing that up. Cause I just saw a video of someone saying something very similar. They were like, I have spent less money being abroad than I have lived at like living in America in I think it was like Colorado or something for like six months they were able to take that six months that they would have been spending in Colorado and like make it last a whole year abroad yeah so were you I mean especially where you're whatever you're traveling like I spend a good amount of time in India and Sri Lanka and Nepal and these places where like yeah the the beautiful hotel hostel on the beach is seven dollars yeah like a night usually if you're paying rent in the states I mean you're at least paying I don't know what but like yeah that's not seven dollars like yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Um, that's so cool um before we we go on I do have one question and you can like refrain from answering any of this but you said the wilderness therapy like that was what you originally were were thinking about right after school and I'm just curious your thoughts on everything after I don't know what side of TikTok you're on but it blew up on my page um like four or five months ago. And there was like a lot of backlash against wilderness therapy and people coming out with like stories of things that had happened to them. And I'm curious what your thoughts, if that, if that side of TikTok hit you, what your thoughts are. And if you want to like set the stage for what those programs actually offer, because obviously everything's hyped up over media and everyone's looking for views and attention. So I'd love to hear your personal opinion on, you know, what maybe the pros and cons are of something like that. Are you referencing the story of the people that get like snatched in the middle of the night yes, by their exactly. parents who like sign mm-hmm. them up for these yeah, non-consensual wilderness programs? Yeah, I I don't really know anything about that. I okay. I actually know people who have had that happen to them, but that's a different aspect of the industry than I was interested in. I, okay. I so I can't really speak to that, but I'll speak to things like Outward Bound and similar kinds of organizations where they run phenomenal programs. Um, it was actually started in the early 19, 1918 or something like this, like way back in the day where they were worried that all these technological advancements were going to make like human character like weak and lazy and they were they were worried that people weren't going to have the grit and the skills to actually you know, be robust in the way that they live their lives. They started designing these these programs to kind of like manufacture experiences where people had to learn teamwork and leadership and hard survival skills and all these things because they saw that there wasn't really a place for that in society anymore. And so it's kind of changed and grown. Now they run really interesting programs for, for vets, for um, teenagers that are struggling, um, they run just programs for anyone that wants to go on an adventure, things like that. Um, but the the like the energy of it when you're there is that there is this feeling that like everyone has kind of took a time out from their day to day life, and we come together and you're in the forest with people that you don't know, <laughs> you just met, 
and you're doing things that you've never done before because we don't get to use those kinds of skills in our lives. So you're just, Mm -hmm. there's something so refreshing about you're sleeping under the stars, you're learning new things, you're with new people, you're totally interdependent on everybody, everybody's playing their role. You really get to learn something about who you are because you're always you no matter where you are. But when you're in a completely different context than everything you've ever known, you get a breakthrough uh, of self-awareness and and a, and a clean slate to really cultivate hard skills that you can take back with you to your life. And so I think there's so many wonderful advantages to these kinds of things. I think not often, not that many of them are accessible financially for a lot of people or a lot of people don't have the time to go and take two weeks or a month off to do these kinds of things. Um, but that's a kind of a whole nother issue. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers exactly. What no, it does. It, it does yeah. completely. And I appreciate that because like I said, I went through a, a two week stage where every other video popping up was like these horror stories. And then I, okay, I didn't see a, that. I wasn't on that side of TikTok. Yeah, I see. <laughs> I, I, I like was so fascinated by some of these stories. And then I somehow picked up a book at the library and it was a, a, gentleman who he had gone to one of these programs and he had firsthand accounts of some of these programs in his book and and I say some of these programs meaning the side that's like more I don't even I don't really know the right words yeah so that's why I'm I'm happy that you shared that there is like a whole other side of this that that is like much more beneficial and doesn't leave a sour taste in all these people's mouths like people actually find like a better life after it. So I appreciate, sorry, did not mean to go on, on a total tangent, but I was like, got to ask for somebody who knows it well. Um, okay. So super interesting. So, so now we're, we're traveling. You did your eight months gone. When did these spiritual awakenings occur in your, like after, was it after that travel period? I had my first, my very first ever inkling of a spiritual awakening when I was 19. And I, actually had just gotten back from my outward bound experience. I did three months with them. I was literally living in the forest for three months, like crazy. And I had just come back and I was in LA and I was walking down the street. A lot of my stories start like that. I was just walking (laughs) down the street and this woman looked at me in my eyes and like, she saw me, like I felt her see me in a way that I I swear I'd never been seen before in my whole life. And we ended up kind of pulling off to the side and talking. She was from the Dominican Republic. Her name was Alita. And she was just like this, can't explain it. I'd never met anyone like her. And I've never felt seen like that in my whole life. And serendipitously right around that time I had signed on to volunteer in this monastery and so I had like just kind of had this experience and then I immediately was thrown into learning about meditation and Buddhism and and these kinds of things so that I was 19 and then pretty much every year since then there's been like one to three breakthrough moments where I just kind of fall deeper and deeper into truth you said you, you felt seen like what does that like did it really feel like an energy like public like I don't know how to put it to words I don't know if you're going to be able to but I think that's yeah. got to be so powerful so we are conditioned 
to identify at the level of our personhood. So I am Sophie, right? Like I am this individual person here. And that's true at a level. But there are other levels at which we can identify with. And there is an aspect of our being that's also pure consciousness, which is in all things, right? And so when you identify at that level, when you are looking at another person or talking to another person, they're no longer separate from you. They're an aspect of you. They are you. And it's a concept if you're in the if you're identifying at your level of your person, but it can actually go from being a concept to being a lived reality where you move through the world and you are aware that every tree and every butterfly and every person and every rock and every breath and everything is you. You are the experience itself. You're not the experiencer. You're not the one that life is happening to. You are literally it. And everything that you have in your body is, is, it's microcosmic of the power that also is the whole universe and these kinds of things. And so it's really easy to like trip out on them as concepts because our brains literally cannot understand it. They're not built to understand it, which is why there's a lot of talk about surrender and letting go and let go of the mind, free my mind, all that kind of stuff, because our minds are not the ones that can take us into those experiences. So I'm curious, have you, have you followed any of like, there was that big Nobel prize thing about quantum theory and all of that, how we're like all interconnected. Did you dive into that or at all? I mean, it sounds like you already knew it. So like, but was that like a big, like yeah. finally people realize that this, this is real moment? Yeah. I, I think there's at least in some of my like circles or the things that I see in my social media loops, like there's a fine line between the sciencey stuff and then kind of like the new age spirituality that takes the sciencey stuff to like reaffirm certain narratives about whatever. And I, I think there's truth in all of those things. And yeah, I think if, if science has found a way to explain what the mystics have always known, that's great mm -hmm. because yeah. a lot of people in our world like need science to tell them that something is true for them to, to experience it as true. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I personally feel um, there's no substitute for our own lived experience and the things that we, you know, believe or agree to believe because science has told us whatever, like, I don't know, at the end of the day, you got to drop all of that and just go into your body and experience it for yourself. Mm hmm like yeah. that's really it and you can also just start there like you don't have to go read all the things <laughs> and listen to all the things just like if you actually just make a, a very small practice of being intimately with yourself every day the pure beingness of yourself you don't need to listen to anybody's anything for you <laughs> yeah so so tell me you, you've had all these great thoughts you've been a very spiritual person you've had these spiritual awakenings how did you transform all of these things that you've been interested in into what your like your career now is I know you said that you've got a great mentor that you're learning under how did you make that connection how did you decide or not I don't even know if it was a decision but mm. have the opportunity to take something you love so much love <laughs> you love love mm. and then bring it into you know this is my day-to-day -day. I'm gonna actually be able to have a career out of this yeah I'll, I'll bring in one other piece, which is a, which has been a part of my path on the coaching journey, but I, I had disordered eating for 10 years, like the amount of mental real estate that 
it took up in my mind to worry about what my body looked like and what I was eating and looking at the back of boxes and grocery stores for like hours on end. Like I was a little bit obsessive about that. And it finally reached like a tipping point and I asked for help and I went and I started working with a health coach. That was my first experience of coaching. And I worked with this health coach for six weeks and it changed my life. Like I healed the entire relationship that I had to my body into food. And because it was so profound and I was working a job that I liked, but it wasn't like my dharmic work. It wasn't my soul work. I thought that this was like another kind of path to follow. So I went and I became a health coach. I studied all the things and I got certified in this and I started working a little bit as a health coach. And that journey opened for me a whole host of other boxes, including my relationship to menstruation, my relationship to sexuality, my relationship to relationships, like all of these things. I was like, ah, okay. Once you start doing like the shadow work or going into the places where you need healing, they just keep popping up. And there's like (laughs) always more things, you know? And I decided that health coaching was interesting to me, but it wasn't deep enough. It it didn't really get to the core of what I wanted to do. And I started researching and I found the program with Layla Martin, this sex, love and relationship coaching program. And I was like, and it's, it's, it's like the top of the field. It's the most highly regarded program. And she is masterful. And it's been an honor to be in that space because it's like, heal the whole first part of it is just healing your own relationship to your body your sexuality all these things and then we learn these like this robust set of tools from tantra and taoism and neuroscience and trauma healing and all of these things and so i think being in the community of other people that were also pursuing this as a career path and just being so supported and mutually inspired showed me that i could do this And not only could I do this, I could do whatever I wanted with this. I could make this my own. I could take on these tools and braid it into my own transmission from my own lived wisdom and create something that's never been done before. And just a little boost, like that's what I've (laughs) done. And I'm going to be launching something this January. And I can't speak all the details about it right now, but on December 21st, I'm going to like release a little bit about what that is. So if your listeners want to sign up for my emails, they'll get all the info there. Mm -hmm. But this is like my turn to really apply all of these pieces and birth something new and something that hasn't been done before. And that's amazing. So you took, (laughs) so you're taking everything that you've learned up until this point. And and sorry, how long have you been doing this, this program for? I actually started it back in 2020. So I've been immersed in this work for two two plus years. Gathering all this knowledge and becoming an expertise in your own way. And now you're going to launch your own thing. That's amazing. So can you, I know you you don't want to get into like what's coming out with the January, but are there, can you give any like idea of what it looks like to be like a love, co- a, a sex love and what was the last one? Um, relationship. Relationship coach. What does that look like? Yeah. Um, so to be a coach or to work with a coach? To be a coach. So like once you step into this role, are you having one-on-one like, or, or I guess, I mean, we, we could take it either way. Like based on your experiences, is that something that's like a one-to-one, you know, like six-week program, kind of like what you did with the health coaching thing? 
Yeah. So there's, there's infinite ways to do it. Um, I've chosen to work one-on-one with my clients over 12 weeks. I think that's enough time to really rewire and integrate and go deep with people. And I'd rather go deep with people than have like one, a lot of one-off sessions or something like that. So that's a, a part of my work is these one-on-one kind of like longer journey sessions. And then this the other thing that I'm going to be launching is going to be kind of the other main pillar of my work. And it's more community oriented and it's a much more affordable and accessible price point for people than the one-on-one coaching, which is worth every penny, but it is more of an investment than mm-hmm. um, other types of offerings. I know you said before that the health coaching piece and and what you wanted wasn't like diving deep enough and just hearing you talk about this part and like light up I can only imagine how amazing it probably feels for you to finally like have that feeling of really changing people's lives that you hinted yeah. at you know back in the high school and college days of what you were trying to figure out which is one of the things that I just love to preach and drive home with these with these different interviews is that everyone I speak with that is at that point of their life where they feel like they're doing what they're meant to be doing and and just like have a true love for what their day-to-day looks like. It always comes back to the things that they were mentioning at the very beginning of the episode of these things that they absolutely loved and they were passionate about, didn't necessarily know how it would fit into their lives. It was just something that they really enjoyed and now they're doing it. And, and then I hear them talk about it and it's like, you just seem like you're so excited about what this is. And it, it makes me so happy and hopeful for the things that are to come and not only my future, but everyone else who's, who is listening to this, who might be feeling that angst of like, what am I supposed to be doing? You know, I, I enjoy this, but I don't know how to take it where I want it to go. And it just all ends up working out. Yeah. If I can add something, I think we focus a lot on what am I supposed to be doing rather than who do I want to be? How do I want to be? What's on my to-be list? not on my to-do list, things like that. Because ultimately, yes, things do come full circle, right? When we're really authentic in our power and in our service, we do resemble, you know, who we were when we were five or who we were (laughs) when we were in high school, because that's your essence. And it comes through effortlessly when you're young and it gets kind of covered up as you grow up um, sometimes. And so, yeah, I think focusing more on how you want to be like, how you want to show up in the world, the energy that you want to feel in your body and how you want to feel when you interact with people and spaces and your work that leads you to doing like, cause it's not really about what you're doing so much as about how you do it and what the outcomes are and all those kinds of things. So yeah, I'm really grateful to have found this Avenue. And I'll also just say sexuality is such a place where so many of us store personal and collective wounds and shame and traumas. And there's so much power for liberation because there's so much suppression and, um, and yeah, I don't know. It's so (laughs) juicy. It's endlessly empowering and juicy and, and liberating and yeah, our world needs more of it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I love what you just said there. The it's not the to do, it's the to be. I think that that is that just isn't such, mine, by the way. I didn't make that up. Oh, okay. Well, I would say that is just like such a powerful little like phrase there because that's that's so true. Like, and I catch myself doing this all the time is is trying to identify the what, and I think that's where my biggest stress and anxiety comes from is I'm so focused on what does the future look like. 
And I always tell myself, like, try to be present, try to like enjoy what you're doing currently right now. But framing it as like, yes, you can be excited about what's what's to come, but it's not about like that, that what piece of like the event or the, you know, like the day that you reach it, it's who you are and who you feel in that moment, which I think is so powerful. Yeah, we, I think sometimes people kind of confuse like living in the flow and being present with like not having goals or something, but there's this, there's this very subtle shift where when you let yourself embody who you want to be right now, like if you, if you really made a list of your to be's and you, and you said, I want to be, I want to be kind. I want to be warm. I want to be a a person that people know that they can come to and feel safe. I want to be, I want to, I want to do more than is necessary. I want to, I want to give, and I also want to be able to receive whatever, right? Like you put all these qualities that you want to have and you start practicing them. You start letting yourself embody them now. You don't have to wait until you have a big job that pays you a lot of money to then be generous. Give what you have now. It's even if it's just a, a slice of your orange, offer it. You know what I mean? Like we don't, we think things have to be so grand and we attach so much to our vision of how we think things should be. And I think it's helpful because that moves our that, that inspires our desires, which move us through the world. But you got to also let yourself be in it now. And it's not as hard as people think. It's not mm-hmm. as like, you don't have to like think about how, how do I do that? It's like, it's like, can I just experience the, like the temperature of my water? Can I experience the, like the feeling of this glass. And it's really like little practices, mindfulness practices or whatever you're going to call them are such a key because they take you into gratitude, take you into presence and they help you embody your authenticity right now, which just keeps flourishing and takes you down the path effortlessly. Mm-hmm. I love <laughs> that know? so much. I think you just left us all with some great pieces of homework right here and advice <laughs> to kind of start taking that like step into this mindfulness and meditation reflection. So thank you so much. This has been so fantastic. I've loved hearing all about this, all about where your life has taken you and how you've gotten to where you are today. Before I let you go, Sophie, please plug in any like socials, any way to find you if anyone's interested in, in joining your program. I know you said that newsletter, please plug it all right now. Yeah. Thank you so much, Megan. This has been such a beautiful opportunity. And yeah. Good practice for me hearing yeah. my, myself <laughs> tell my story in this way. So yeah, my TikTok is Sophie Love Coach. My Instagram is currently my personal Instagram page, which is Soph Burns, S-O-P-H-B-U-R-N-S. But I will be opening like a business page because I don't want to blast all of my like longtime friends and family with like sex coaching stuff that's not necessarily pertinent <laughs> to them. So, so if you are following me there, eventually we'll migrate over together to this other account. Um, and yeah, I I have some spots for one-on-one coaching if that appeals to anybody. And I am launching this amazing, amazing, amazing uh, experience for next year. 
Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, everybody, I, I think I said at the beginning of this episode, but seriously, please go check out her TikTok because the, sh- the messages you share are all so insightful and like really made me question things. And so <laughs> I really suggest anybody who's like wants to take a journey on this like reflection or just is maybe just like looking for some uplifting messages to go check it out because you've got some great stuff. Um, But like I said, this has been fantastic. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me this morning. And um, I'll send out a message as soon as this is up and ready for you to listen okay thank you yeah thanks so much sophie nice meeting you you bye